Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, we've been gone for a little while. Did you miss us? Last couple of weeks, uh, Nancy Stewart and I, my co-host on Earl Stewart on Cars, we took a little vacation. Uh, had a couple of reruns here. And uh, we're back live in the studio. Very excited about it. Uh, believe it or not, we look forward to the show probably more than you do. We just have a lot of fun. And it's just not Nancy Stewart and myself. We got Rick Kearney. We got Stu Stewart, my son. We got a team of four folks here. And we got Jonathan and the uh, studio in there. By the way, speaking of the studio and Jonathan, uh, we have finally been successful in widening our bandwidth. And we now have a consistently super fast Wi Fi. So we'll be talking to people all over the world. We were talking about that before the show came on. I mean, this is not exactly 5G, but we are humming. And we're talking Facebook, Periscope, YouTube. We're all over the place. So if you have any problems with the audio, the video, you know, breaking up a little slow, uh, you can get us anywhere. Facebook.com forward slash Earl Stewart Toyota. Uh, I'm sorry. That's uh, Facebook.com forward slash Earl Stewart on cars. Facebook.com forward slash Earl Stewart on Cars, or you can stream us at streamearlorncars.com. Nancy? You know, I, I, I want to give uh, congratulations to this uh, great team that we work with, and great team meeting uh, everyone from Rudy at the controls that keeps things rolling along, and how important a job he has. And uh, Jonathan, where would we be without his expertise? And uh, Stu, Rick, it's just a happy new year, everyone, and we are so fortunate to be able to be working with such a spectacular team. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, for a lot of folks out there who still don't know us because we're growing, we're unique, it's not just a normal kind of show. Uh, first of all, we're on uh, True Oldies, which is a musical station, and maybe one day we'll change the name to include the fact that we have a talk show, live radio talk show. Very exciting. And not only that, but we talk about something nobody else talks about. We talk about car dealers. We talk about buying, leasing, maintaining, and repairing your car. Now, I know this is old stuff to our regular listeners, but if you haven't listened before, if you just tuned in uh, Goldie, uh, True Oldies uh, Channel, 95.9, 106.9, and you're looking for some 70s and 60s music, and you heard me, you say, what the heck is this? Well, uh, Earl Strong Cars is educational, it's entertaining, we uh, do a mystery shopping report, if you haven't tuned us in before, you got to stay tuned for that, we visit a new dealership every single week, we've been doing it for how many years, I, I lose track been a lot of years and we have hundreds of mystery shopping reports uh we go in pretend to buy or lease a car and we just take it through the whole process as if we were going to buy or lease a car from this dealership some dealerships treat you right some dealerships treat you wrong uh, actually we have more dealers on the approved list than the do not buy list but we don't have any perfect dealers out there in fact we're grading our mystery shopping reports on the curve because if we said a b c d by strict standards we wouldn't have anybody pass we have too much deception uh too many unfair and deceptive trade practices as they say in the uh law 
which is uh, violating people's ability to make an intelligent choice when they buy anything. And just a huge amount of deception out there. So you're going to love that mystery shopping report. We have one later in the show. Uh, the largest, I'll give you a hint, it's the largest Kia dealer in the United States. And I'm talking a huge Kia dealer. He calls himself huge. Uh, he sells hundreds of Kias every month. He sells more Kias than the Toyota dealer or the Chevrolet dealer sells their cars. He's the number one volume uh, Kia dealer and car dealer, for that matter, in this whole market. Very exciting report. It took us uh, it's 280 miles away. I think that's about almost the furthest we've driven. Eh, we, Pensacola is like 700, yeah, but, yeah, it's right. still pretty far. Yeah. So, so that's what we do. Uh, we do this because we know you had a ha- hard time when you bought a car last time you bought a car, or if you leased a car, you had a hard time. For that matter, you had a hard time maintaining your car, taking into the service department. The car dealers of the world, especially in the USA and especially in South Florida, are operating pretty much mid-20th century. If you bought a car, if you're old enough and you bought a car back in the 50s, 60s, or 70s, and you bought a car today, you wouldn't see a whole lot of difference in the way you were treated. They treat you with a lot of disrespect. Uh, They treat you as if you're not intelligent enough to make a choice. Uh, They lie, they cheat, and they do a lot of things they shouldn't be doing. Uh, Car dealers are frozen in time, and if you're interested, we can talk about that. I've discussed it in past shows. As justification for why we do this show, we always quote the Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics in professions. Uh, It's been conducted every year since 1977, and every year car dealers come out on the bottom. Number one, nurses, of course. Who doesn't love a nurse? And on the bottom, I say car dealers, sometimes it's congressmen, sometimes it's lobbyists, politicians and lawyers and uh, lobbyists fight for the bottom place position with car dealers. So that's been going on since 1977, 40 plus years. Hey, that's why this show is on the air. And this is why we have a good following, like 20,000 folks out there on the radio. And I don't know how many folks we get out there on Facebook and on Periscope and on, on uh, uh, what else we on, Stu? We're on everything. We're, uh, we cover the... You name it. Yeah, we're if we cover the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't have time to name them all. We we're, we're on Weibo. I don't know if we're on that. Weibo. Sorry. No, we're, we're not on Weibo. No. <laughs> we got to break into the China market soon. But anyway, and we, uh, we, the most exciting thing we do is speak live to folks that call in. Yeah. And, and we do have a caller right and now. And we interrupt ourselves to take the phone calls, and we're going to talk to Tina. And uh, Tina's a regular caller. Happy New Year, Tina, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed your vacation. We did. We need a vacation from our vacation. Yeah, now it's back to the salt mines, but I know that this is the most enjoyable part of your week, so I know this doesn't feel like work. This feels like this is your passion. This is what you enjoy talking about. This is what you enjoy doing, and that's great. Exactly. What's up, Dana? Well, I was looking up. I have a couple things. Um, Electric cars, you know, so the electric car bandwagon is really going on. It used to just be Tesla, and then it was Chevy, and now every major automaker is going to come out with an electric car. Mm-hmm. And this is a great thing because people get sick, tired, sick and tired of paying for gas. They want to save money. Sure. The only problem is a lot of these electric cars, even entry-level electric cars, pretty expensive. However, there is a silver lining. 
I just read an article in Auto Trader about why do electric cars lose value so much so fast. And that's good because if you really want an electric car and you're willing to be patient and wait a year or two, you can get what you want at the price that you want, which is really great. No, you're exactly right. Uh, this kind of happened back in the uh, uh, 2000s when the first, actually late 1990s when the first hybrid cars were coming out and the hybrid car the Prius when it first came out uh, the manufacturer Toyota uh, built the car and lost money uh, but they saw the future and they had the courage to devote a lot of resources kind of like what Tesla is doing now with the all-electric you have to have the wherewithal you have to have the capital to be able to invest and you have to be able to sell a car to Tina and lose two or three or four thousand dollars and sell a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand cars a year and lose millions of dollars to build your production up so you finally reach that point of efficiency of production and volume where you can break even and finally make a profit so we're seeing that with electric cars and you're right an electric car depreciates very quickly because when you get ready to trade it in to buy another electric car, the technology has made what the, your car has got obsolete. It's like a cell phone. Exactly. Or a smartphone, sorry. Exactly. Smartphones are a great example. Computers, the electronics that we buy today, uh, you know, it used to be we fix things, you know. Now we throw them away and buy another one. Yep. And that's <clears throat> probably what will be happening with electric cars. I don't know that we'll really throw them away, but... We'll probably do something. They'll Re- be recycled. Recycled, yeah. Every component will eventually get reused somewhere. Yeah, exactly. But you're very, very uh, astute observation there, Tina. Oh, thank you. And I think it's great because, like I said, you know, if people are price conscious, they're looking for a good value. Like, I was just looking at the Nissan Leaf. I'm not a real fan of the back end of the Nissan Leaf. It's not exactly a pretty car. It's very quirky. If you're into quirky, it's great. But when it first came out, it was a $35,000 car. Mm-hmm. Now you can pick one for up for $7,800. Is that right? And that's really a good deal. Yeah, you can pick one up for $7,800. Now, it might be like a 2012, 2013, but it's depreciated that much. Mm. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying, yeah. Uh, exa- yeah. Exactly. That's, uh, you know, I, I never thought about the used resale market uh, for, you know, volts and lease and things like that, but... You're absolutely right. I, I had no idea you could buy a nice Nissan Leaf for seven eight hundred dollars. Rick, you had a point. The only thing I would I would really be curious about with the Leaf, I know with the Prius, we have found that the high voltage battery, the electric drive battery, they've pretty much got a lifespan now of about two hundred thousand miles and about eight to ten years. You're, you if, so if you buy a used one. You're pretty much looking at the idea that you're going to have to put a couple thousand dollars into it very soon, mm-hmm. putting a new battery. And then once you do, you're good for quite a while yet. But I wonder with that Leaf, what their lifespan is on the battery. Rick, can you take a Leaf or a Prius or a Volt to a technician, a hybrid technician, and can they look at the battery and give you some idea about what the estimated remaining life would be? Unfortunately, no. I really, even with Toyota, I have looked at every parameter that i can see on our scan tool computers and it really doesn't give me anything that gives me like uh, a percentage mm-hmm. uh like in your iphones you know you can go in there there's a, a spot in your settings you can tell what the lifespan of your battery really is based on its charging rate but unfortunately they haven't given us that for the cars yet which i think would be a helpful thing for the techs you know at least give you an idea but 
you know, some of these little cars like that, they might be a very worthwhile thing still for a, a little daily run about the city. Yeah, and the, uh, of course, the battery represents a very high percentage of the total cost of the vehicle, too. Mm-hmm. So if you have to replace well, the battery, it's, uh, it's going to be expensive. I'm I'm sorry, Earl. I don't mean to interrupt you. No, no, please but do. But there are comp- there are companies like there's a company here in Fort Myers. They specialize in replacing batteries, uh-huh. refurbished batteries. And oh. if you don't have to spend a couple thousand dollars on the battery. You can get a really good battery with a with a warranty for like eight hundred bucks. Now, what uh, what is the warranty on that? I think the warranty is about three years, possibly. That would I want be, to say, but the yeah, they probably have a really mileage good. on there it's too. Yeah. In eight hundred eight hundred bucks for a refurbished battery, you don't have to put two thousand into your car wow. all over again. That's true. I, I would call that fantastic. Yeah. If you can uh yeah. if you can give us some specifics on that, I'd love to uh uh, investigate the company and uh, spread the word. Uh, give them some business because okay. that's a real bargain. With a Toyota Prius, you're still talking about what fifteen hundred bucks on a refurbished. Uh, a fa- uh, to have a Toyota dealer do it with one of the refurbished Toyota batteries, yeah. you're looking right around twenty five hundred to three thousand to have that battery replaced uh, for a dealer. Uh, for the dealer to do it. Aftermarket shops, I've seen a, lo- a wide variant in ranges. Um, the ones that I would call reputable, you're looking probably around fifteen to seventeen hundred. Mm-hmm. However, just to be aware, folks, do your homework on these shops that are doing these replacements, because I've seen a couple of them where the cars have come back to us because they just did some really, really bad, bad work. Yeah, and they messed up some cars. Yeah, be sure that the company is reputable that they're going to be in business when you do have to have the warranty honored. And try to get some uh, references on it, but that's, that's very interesting information, and we will spread the word uh, uh, once we uh, investigate them a little bit and see exactly what their reputation is and uh, get the word out. Because what a deal that is—a leaf for seven, eight hundred dollars. You said about a 2013 to 2015. If you can get that with with a three-year warranty on a refurbished battery, that's not a bad deal at all. No, that that's no, that's fantastic. Isn't. Well, thank you very much, Tina. Yeah, and Tina, thanks me, for always me, bringing me us brand new information. You're an asset to the show. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And one more thing before I go. Um, I was wondering if you guys can talk about reselling your car, not trading it in, but reselling your car because, you know, Craigslist, Craigslist has a lot of shady people on it, and when you're privately selling your car, you always have to never trust anything the, the potential buyer has to say yeah. and i was wondering if something like carmax or auto like one of those uh used car lots would be a good that buy used cars would be a good a good alternative well if you want to retail the car did i understand you correctly tina that uh, you want to uh sell your car retail well sell, sell my car for the best price possible like yeah. go to uh, like yeah. any any place like auto trader or well, the CarMax best, or any place like that, what yeah. would be the best option? Because sometimes, like I said, you know, you might not want a stranger coming to your home. Mm-hmm. You not, might want want to do a money deal with a complete stranger you don't know. And even though Craigslist might be a good alternative, we know that Craigslist mm-hmm. is not 100% safe. To my knowledge, so. uh, there are no uh, auto traders or CarMaxes out there that will take a car on consignment and retail it for you. Uh, there are some dealers that will do that. Um, 
very few, and it's dangerous. Uh, you're really risking your car because sometimes they'll sell your car and keep the money in. Uh, I, I think that there really isn't. For you, Tina, with your sophistication and, and uh, knowledge, uh, you could probably deal direct and sell your car. Yeah, uh, I'm not worried about Tina. I'm not worried about <laughs> Tina. I'm worried about the, the average person. I don't want to sell my yeah. car. I love my car. If you can sell it to your, to your uh, family or a good friend, and then you can uh, come up with a price that would be somewhere between retail and wholesale, mm -hmm. save money for your friend and, and make a little more money for you. That's the way to you do know, it. Sell a car to somebody that you know. It's very dangerous to do something like that to yeah. a stranger. Go ahead, Nancy. Uh, uh, Tina, you know, the point here is I think that you meet the profile, and I'm proud to say that there are more women out there that do meet the profile just like you, and it would be a safe way to sell your car privately, and uh, you have all the time in the world to get the price that you want. So, uh, again, thank you so much for calling. Uh, we always look forward to you, and I think Stu has something to add to this. Yeah, tr a True Car has a um, has a service called True Cash Offer. That's worth checking out. Now it still works with the dealers, but it kind of puts your car out there for bid. So if you just go to TrueCar.com, I think you can find a link there for a True True Cash Offer. Yeah. And you you, you put all the information of your car, your your VIN, and all that, and then they kind of send it out there to a bunch of dealers who will bid on it. Well, half the battle in selling a car, Tina, is finding out a price that it'll sell at. Trust me, I'm a car dealer, and that's our biggest problem. You know, where do we set the price? And one way to set the <coughs> price on the car that you want to sell is to go to the dealers. You can go to mm -hmm. True Car, and you could go to uh, Auto Trader. You could uh, just, if you're driving a Honda, you go to three Honda dealers. You've heard me say this before. Go to the used car manager. Say, I want to sell my car. What will you pay for it? That's a wholesale price. But once you find out what the real wholesale is, now you know about what a retail would be. If you can make $1,000 on a, over a wholesale on a car, you probably ought to grab it and, and, and take it. Yeah. Uh, the car dealers try to make uh, $10,000 on the car, and they haggle and hassle, and they will eventually take a lower deal. Yeah. But uh, if you can sell a car to a friend, a relative, for $1,000 over true wholesale, it's a good deal for you, and it's a good deal for them. Yeah. And one, one last thing, uh, a, a special service that only we offer. If you send me, Tina, the information on your car, I can plug that in. We use software that helps us price cars, and it kind of goes out there on the Internet takes the car, you know, the year, make, model, miles, color, all that, and gets the market price. What, what's the average selling price out there in the world? And so if you send that to me, I can, I can give you back that information. Yeah, and it's just a little okay, bit. That's, that's nice. It's just a little bit harder to get taken advantage of uh, today, Tina, because uh, once you set that foundation and you go from there, you know subconsciously what you want for that car. Again, Tina, thank you so much for calling. Thank you for inviting me on your show every week. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Everybody out there, Eastern Standard Time, every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tina. You know, I'm going to take a moment and uh, let Craig know that we uh, know he is holding, but uh, there's something real important here that I have to mention, and that is our telephone number. That number is 877-960-9960, and if you want to text us, you can text us at 772-497-6530. And remember, ladies, every single Saturday, we 
our goal here in part of this show is to build this platform for ladies, for all of you to be able to come right here for your suggestions, for, your, for information that we can give you, and also we give each one of you the first two new lady callers $50. $50. Can't go wrong. $50 for the first two new lady callers. Now back well, we'll, we'll go, oh, also I, I want to mention again, too, that we have that mystery shopping report coming up, and uh, that is the highlight of the show, and uh, we've got, uh, we, well, we've got some video to share with you uh, on the uh, shopping report, and it's going to be an exciting show. We're going to try to get to a whole lot of information, so right now we're going to go to Craig, who's holding, and he's given us a call from Palm Beach Island. Hi, uh, good morning, everybody. Thank you very much for being there. It's always an interesting uh, morning to listen to you folks talk about things. Now, my um, thing is uh, we, we bought a Tesla, and I have uh, um, always loved the idea of electric technology, not to save the environment. I'm not an environmentalist, uh, but I believe that the electric technology is far superior because it's efficient, it's efficient, 85% efficient, as opposed to about 18 to 20% with, uh, with internal combustion engines. Mm -hmm. And um, the Tesla, when, when we bought it, now the deal is no longer in place, we have free charging forever. If, if, if I put a million miles on that car, I never have to pay to charge that car. Um, well, that's it, great. It is so, so efficient that we never even bothered putting a home charger in. Wow. We, we just go to Tesla. Uh, there are Tesla charging stations popping up everywhere. And the uh, uh, this man, you know, I don't know if Tesla is superior. I know that they were the first one. Uh, this guy Musk thought of, well, you know, I'll spend zero dollars on advertising, mm -hmm. and I'll just pump all my money into charging stations. Mm -hmm. and so they're everywhere. We ha we have been everywhere with this car, and never once have been. Oh my goodness, we're going to run out of electricity. And they have a the supercharger. It takes the longest it's ever taken us is forty minutes to charge. Greg, give us an example. Where have you traveled uh, with you know, your Tesla and being able to find charging stations all along the way? Well, we have gone over to the west coast of Florida. You can go up the Florida Turnpike. There's Mm -hmm. There's charging stations on the Florida Turnpike. Uh-huh. And, and just where the normal gas stations if, are. If, if I go to Melbourne, mm -hmm. there's one in Port St. Lucie. There's, uh, there's two in Riviera Beach. There's uh -huh. one at the new Wawa station. And there's one at the Tesla, uh, I won't call it a dealership, the showroom. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, one in Port St. Lucie. And they're almost always in a, in a, almost always in a high-end mall where if you wanted to, you could go in and get a cup of coffee or something, you know, browse a bookstore. Uh, the only problem, now I haven't had it personally, are these imbeciles driving four-wheel drive diesel trucks who for some reason hate Tesla, yeah. and they have gone in and blocked the pumps. Oh, no. I just uh, read an article on that. Is that right? uh, we have personally had people come up, and they do a thing called coal rolling, that's where they've uh, they've tuned the diesel to p 
pump out black smoke, and they pump, uh, they they drive up right next to you wow. and try to locate their exhaust underneath your car. But of course, we have like HEPA filters in our. You know, you can pump diesel exhaust all day, and it's never going to permeate out the cabin of that car. Yeah, that's terrible. It, I it, I hadn't heard filters. about that. But uh, at, at, you know, Elon Musk, you know, the Nissan Leaf. It's okay. It, it's a commuter car, but the early Leafs, uh, that they, their range was 48 miles. Mm-hmm. That was it. Now, Musk's uh, he's getting he's working with Panasonic, and they have these. The replacement cost of the batteries is getting lower and lower and lower. Mm-hmm. And once they go to a solid state battery, they're going to go to 800 volt charging, where you can charge in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So if you have charging stations, like I said, I have. If you plan a trip, I want to go from here to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I just uh, punch into the dashboard computer, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and it tells you, um, you know, you can stop here. Uh, we recommend you stop here or here or here I see. because they know how how long do you want the trip to last? How long do you like to drive before you want to get out and stretch your legs? Craig, let me ask you a question. How do you feel about the price cut? that uh, Elon Musk announced, uh, I guess it was the last day of 2018, $2,000 across the board price cut. I said to Nancy when I heard that on the news, I said, I guess I'd feel pretty bad if I bought a, uh, a, a Tesla in December and found out that the same car was now was $2,000 less. Uh, maybe it wouldn't be so much. Uh, I think the effect had to do with the fact that the uh, tax subsidy had been reduced and he was trying to be compensate for the tax subsidy uh, that uh, had been reduced. Did that did that concern you or bother you at all? No. Uh, we paid $109,000. We bought an X. Top of the line. And, you know, I'm an older guy. Uh, I've never spent that. that I mean, uh, that's just about how much I spent for a condominium. Yeah. Uh, that That's not the kind of money that I would normally spend on a car. Yeah. But, you know, you have a you have a vehicle that has, you know, 20 moving parts as opposed to 2,000 moving mm-hmm. parts. And, you know, it's a matter of uh, this is the last car I'm probably ever going to buy. So, uh, but it, it, <clears throat> the biggest concern for me was like when I bought my first computer back in the early 90s, the technology uh, doubled in every 18 months so you always felt like well I should just wait for the for the new technology uh, I know that this will be obsolete probably in five years they're gonna have unless they can refit it with these solid-state batteries uh, I we could never sell uh, the car because the electric technology is going so quickly but you know I'm not here to you know to to get your buyers to, to buy Teslas. What I'm saying is the electric car business, uh, and a lot of people don't even understand it. Yeah, you're right about that, Craig. Hey, Stu's got a comment. Uh, what was your comment? Well, I, I was thinking about, when you, well, Craig, when you mentioned about the, uh, the truck owners that are blocking uh, Tesla owners' cars at the supercharger stations, and I know I'd read an article about it. And, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, they call it ICING, and the ICE is an acronym for internal combustion engine, so that's like a <laughs> revolt against these electric cars, so they block them in. But I, I, I know I read it on the uh, website that Tina likes, Jalopnik, and um, actually on Wednesday they have an article, and you got to check it out on Jalopnik, and it is 
a Tesla owner hooking up a tow cable to a large Chevy Silverado that's blocked them in. Oh yeah. And the Teslas are known they have incredible towing power. You know, they're, they've got the four, you know, full torque. Yep. Yeah. So they tied a rope up to it. The guy has his emergency brake on. He drags the Chevy Silverado. <laughs> Away from the charging station with no problem at all. So, oh, I love the message that. is don't don't mess with Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you the truth. We had a, a just a slight incident yesterday. Uh, we were pulling into a bank uh, up to an ATM, and, and some guy in a brand new uh, four wheel drive, uh, uh, you know, jacked up vehicle, diesel, and he was, you know, with the hand gestures and. And, and, of course, I'm from New York, so I'm a wise guy. And, I, you know, I'm going <laughs> to hand gesture him back. And my wife says, you know, don't even bother. Yeah, don't do that. Because <laughs> it, 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 I could see it really escalating. Hmm. For some reason, I don't understand. Are, are, we, are we threatening their way of life or something? I, you know, I, 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 I just don't get that. Yeah. And there's a real animosity in that. You know, I'm a conservative. I do a little radio show myself. Oh. And some of my conservative friends are angry at me because they think I'm going over to the the liberal side and, and, and I'm trying to save the planet. I said, this has nothing to do with saving the planet. It's a great car. This has to do with a superior technology. Yeah, it's called change. Some been people, around for- people can't accept change, Greg, and can't accept the fact that we're moving at warp speed and technology. Uh, you sound like an older guy. I'm an older guy. Uh, we're one of the few. Most of the old folks just don't uh, get it that uh, this is the way the world is going to be. And their times are changing real fast. And I'm having a ball. I love watching it happen. I won't be here a whole lot longer to enjoy it all, but I'm having a ball watching it happen. And, and Rod, let me ask you a question. Isn't it just easier I mean, you just said that you have your own show. Isn't it just easier for people to say, "Hey, let's blame it on the libs. Let's put, let's uh, let's blame it on the conservative," instead of using <laughs> their mind and realizing that we have moved into the 21st century and everything is changing, and you just have to accept that. This is just like I mean, this has gone on for. For a very long time, since sure. the Luddite movement, since the Luddites set the looms on fire in, in, yeah. in Britain, you know, 300 years ago, when they when they developed looms and the weavers lost lost their jobs. I mean, they actually burned down factories because they were so fearful. Good point. And this is we are right between the horse and carriage and automobiles. This is the same. You know, I'm sure. That uh, that blacksmiths were panic stricken when they saw cars. Sure, Greg, what's your radio show? Let me give you a plug. When is your show on the air? Oh, I'm. Uh, it, it's called the Craig Henny Show, uh-huh. and we're on from nine to ten uh, Eastern Standard Time, and uh, we're on the internet now. We used to be on WPBO. We did three hours. I'm an old guy. I only do an hour now. Craig, <laughs> Craig Henny Show, nine to ten Eastern. Well, what day? Uh, Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Okay. I'm going to tune in. I right. think I've seen you on Facebook. Are you on my Facebook page? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. I, I, absolutely. And we do uh, uh, we do guest appearances out in uh, in North Dakota twice a week. Uh, we do political commentary out in the Great Plains. And uh, so we, we we have quite a following ourselves. And uh, uh, like I said, it's, you know, I'm on, I, I take all positions. I take the position that I believe is the truth. I don't go, well, I'm a Republican, and I yeah. believe all things. Yeah. Yeah. I believe what I, what is the truth and, and what is the best. Yeah. And, 
There's too and, much of and that going on. I believe on. that electric cars, I think, are, uh, you know, if people uh, just examine and don't feel so threatened. I, I actually had a guy who graduated from Harvard. He's a neighbor of mine. He, he was so upset, he said, what's the poor guy that owns the gas station going to do? <laughs> and I said, I'm sure I don't care what he does. If he's smart, he'll, he'll put in charging stations. Same thing the guy that sold buggy a, whips did. Yeah, he has and, a plan. Uh, find, find something else to do. Yeah. Craig, thank you so much. Uh, you're a great caller. I hope you call again. I'm great a t- show. I really appreciate it. I'm going to tune you in. Rick, Rick, Rick had a comment. Uh, what was your comment, Rick? Uh, just for the fun of it, <clears throat> I pulled up a, a quick map showing the Tesla charging stations and just using a range from approximately PGA Boulevard in the north to Okeechobee in the south and going west just a little past the turnpike. Fifteen stations in that area for Tesla destination and fast charging stations. Interesting. Yeah, I'm surprised. Interesting. Yeah. Craig, again, thank you for tuning in. And uh, stay <clears throat> with us and uh, give us a call again interesting conversation ladies and gentlemen if you didn't jot that telephone number down 877-960-9960 and remember you can text us and uh, Stu will soon be sharing some uh, texts and that number if you didn't jot it down is 772-497-6530 and we're going to go to Rod who's been holding he's given us a call from West Palm Beach good morning Rod Good morning, everybody. Um, I, I hope uh, hope you're well rested from your from your trip and everything. I know it's a tough time. Hey, um, I hope uh, hope you got his picture of, of an older uh, older Pontiac there when you all were in Cuba. They're all over the place. I couldn't believe it. I saw a '57 Bonneville, uh, all over the place. Really, a lot of fun. Amazing. You get uh, get a good picture of that. that, that who knows? Uh, you might be able to write off the whole trip. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. Anyway, um, as far as these uh, these cars with the electric batteries and all this stuff, mm-hmm. it's uh, who knows. One day, one day, you might be able to uh, just get them from Walmart or something. Who knows? I bet we but, can. Um, <laughs> oh. Excuse me. Well, anyway, just wanted to say welcome back and hope all hope all's well and I uh, hope that you're you're being able to stream uh, stream. I hope all that's all fixed now. Well, thank you, Ron. I think so. So far, knock on wood, took us long enough and a lot of persistence, and finally Comcast realized they had some defective equipment here in the studio and uh, <laughs> replaced a router, and here we are uh, at warp speed. Streaming all over the planet. Well, it is warp speed. We're getting like four hundred megabytes. Hope it all works out. You got to you got to shake the bushes with Comcast. They they're using dinosaur stuff. That's why Xfinity is doing well and all this uh, other stuff. But yeah. uh, when you let them know that you're going to uh, breach contract with them, all of a sudden they they seem to come up with the come up with the modern day equipment. Yeah, so I don't uh, know. I don't know who I yeah, hate why, worse. Why do why do you have to do yeah. that? I don't know. Yeah, it's because they can. They're a monopoly, yeah. and they they get away with. It. They're almost a monopoly. Yeah. Thank heavens they're not a monopoly. But I share your sentiments about Comcast. Rod, thanks very much, and thanks for following us on Facebook. And uh, uh, we really did enjoy Havana, Cuba, and this is our second trip there. So we might go. It might go back again. I you can't believe it. I mean, all the cars are these old American cars. Not literally all of them, but 90% of them. And if you grew up in the 50s and 60s, it's just like 
it's like you're going back in time. It's just amazing. You keep blinking. You see these old Fords and Chevrolets and Pontiacs and Cadillacs, and yeah, they're just absolutely amazing. So, you know, it was amazing to me that I saw as many women smoking cigars. <laughs> I think there were more women smoking cigars than there were men. Really? And that was stunning. And they were all very young. They were like in their 20s and 30s. Send me some pictures. <laughs> okay. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-65. Roger, do you have anything Zero. further to say? You'll uh, appreciate the call. Thank you very much. He's, he's, he's okay, we're going to go to Gary. Gary's uh, been holding. He's uh, calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. Uh, I have two cars, and they're about 15 years old, and I got them brand new. One's a uh, 2004 Hyundai Accent, and I took it to get it worked on at a garage, and I had a brake job and a um, they and an oil change, and they did they worked on the CV axles, and I got it back. And it, and I took it back, and they said it needs struts. And it's got seventy-five thousand miles on it. I also have a two thousand four Saturn View with one hundred twenty-one thousand miles on it. And I think I noticed the transmission was starting to leak. Um, the accent I've already put seven over seven hundred dollars in on it, and it's basically worthless because it's so old and i hate to put any more money into it but i was told it needs struts and i just wondered if it's worth is it worth it to hold on to these two vehicles any longer or just should i let them go cut your losses gary cut your losses that's i say you got all your all your use out of those i'm amazed that you bought those new and you had them for 15 years but you really got all the use out of them um, and Rick is dying to tell you how to fix it, but I'm, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you that whatever you spend additionally on that Saturn and that 2004 Hyundai uh, is going to be far more than you should invest in, uh, based on the value of those vehicles. Stu, uh, well, about well I'm, I'm, I'm nodding along with you. Yeah, I, I want to hear what Rick says that. Yeah, Rick, go ahead, Rick. Actually, my thought is this: the, the Saturn. I would put that up for sale right off the bat because you've got a, a lot of young kids right now in high school that are going to be looking for cars very soon for the summertime, and that would be a great beater for some kid to get hold of and and, and tear it up over the summer yeah. as he's learning so to drive. So we're in agreement then. We yeah. all think you ought to yeah, sell right those the, ASAP. The the only question. Well, the only one with the Hyundai is I would take and uh, just walk to the front and back of the car and bounce it a little bit. And if it keeps bouncing a lot, then, yeah, the struts are pretty worn. Get rid of it. Otherwise, if it doesn't bounce a whole lot, I'd drive it until it does. Yeah. I wouldn't put any money into it, yeah. even but I wouldn't sell even, it right e- off. Even if it bounced a lot, yeah. I'd Take Dramamine it. before you drive it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The front end that bounces real bad, especially yeah. over a bump. Uh, yeah, <laughs> then it's, I, I would let it go. I wouldn't put money into it. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you get so you get a, you, you got to be careful. You find a guy like Rick Kearney because he yeah. loves yeah. he loves to fix things. Yeah. I, I do. I do. He likes that. You can bring him a terminally ill car, yeah. and his challenge is to make that car run. And Rick could make that uh, Hyundai and that Saturn uh, run like a brand new car. He uh, could really he could do that for you. But you spend far more money than if you bought another car. So. I I can fix it if it takes every last dime you have. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The Saturn View, I've had it for 10 years, and it's been the, about the best car I've ever owned. Really? Uh, wow. Must have been the only uh, one. <laughs> I, I mean, I would hate to let it go, but um, I'm 72 years old, and, you know, I've been, I, it's the best car I've ever owned. That's great. As far as no, as far as no trouble. My first car I bought in 1970 from... Stuart Pontiac when it was down on South 2000 South Dixie. Wow, that was the second oh, year wow. I was in the business. I started with my dad at Stuart Pontiac yeah. in 1968. Yeah, I, prob- I, I probably saw you there. I bet you it was my commercial that brought him in. <laughs> I, was I was just, two. Yeah, I was just uh, fresh out of the Army from Vietnam, and that was my You're first car. Is that so? What, I, what model? I. It was the 70 Pontiac Tempest. Tempest, wow. <laughs> Those were awesome. That was the uh, that was the, yeah, the Chevy called theirs the, the Nova, and I think we called ours the Tempest, yeah. and they're both the same yeah. car yep. with a different nameplate. But yeah, those were the days. Wow. Well, that's really great. Yeah, and and I just wondered, you know, should I put any more money in the Hyundai to get the front struts? Because oh. I got an uh, uh, estimate from one place for four hundred ninety dollars, mm-hmm. and the place I originally took it, in other words, I took my car for an oil change, and they found, well, it needs brakes. I go, okay, I haven't had brakes in 75,000 miles. So then they did the CB joint, and when I got the car back, it just rode like a, I don't know, like a thrashing machine. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Gary, sometimes you have to take into account personal feelings. Yeah. It sounds to me like you're in love <clears throat> with that Hyundai, and it has been the best car you've ever owned. Uh, some people even name yeah. their cars. They like their cars yeah. so much. Uh, you probably had a lot of repairs done under warranty because, as I recall, Hyundai's got a real extensive warranty on the Ten car. 100,000. So, uh, uh, you know, if you want a practical decision mathematically uh, from an economic, you should sell the Hyundai, too. Uh, if you really love the car and you're used to it and you know how to drive it and you're happy with it, then spend too much money and keep it for a while longer. But um, economically, it's not a wise decision. But life isn't all about economics. Life is about feeling good. And will you feel better if you keep that Hyundai for another couple of years? That's what you have to ask yourself. Okay, all right. I appreciate your input. Gary, thanks so much for the call. You know, some of these older cars, uh, people just, I mean, my friend Matt had a 2000 Echo, I think, 99 2000 Echo, really old car. Drove it till it was on his last legs. He said every traffic light, people would pull up and make him offers on it. It's, it almost has a cult following. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, that, yeah that happens. Yeah. That, that really happens. Well, you know, uh, Gary, our last caller, he sounds like my situation that I had whenever we got back from our vacation. You know, I knew for sure that I was going to fix the ice maker no matter how much time it would have taken me to do it. And because it's an old refrigerator, it's out in the garage, but it's the best refrigerator that I've ever had. So I worked on that thing, I pulled it apart, and finally I got it working. (laughs) I felt so good, I was so happy. 
The hardest part was getting it back together again. But guess what? I got it back together again. Did you use That's you, my did, success did you, story. Did you get? Did you watch YouTube for the repair, or did you just? No, no, I just tanker? went out and tore right. it apart. I'm impressed. That's pretty actually, good. actually, your dad got it Can out you fix first. My, fix my dishwasher. <laughs> You're listening to Earl Stewart on refrigerators. <laughs> Earl Stewart on appliances. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have a really warm and fuzzy story for you later on in the show, and it's about dogs. We all love dogs, and isn't it terrible that they have who said that oh there you go rudy <laughs> huff, huff, huff. isn't it awful that the dogs have to go through so much on fourth of july on new year's eve with all of this noise so stay tuned i have some information for you a seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero we're going to go to john john is one of our most favorite callers from palm city happy new year john Happy New Year, and welcome back from vacation. Thank it's you. It's one of my favorite cars. My neighbor bought it, brand new in 57, a Bonneville convertible. <clears throat> it wasn't fuel injection. It had tri-power in it, and I can still picture that car today. It was just gorgeous. It was red. But anyhow, what I want to ask Earl a question. The manufacturers now are getting a little carried away. I don't say they're getting crooked like some of the dealers, but they are pushing their cars very heavily. First one I want to mention, and Earl's opinion, Chevrolet, during the holiday time, mentioned employee discounts for everyone. Is that a legitimate statement from them? It is. It, the it, rest it, of the year? A manufacturer's gimmick, employee discount. Chevrolet dealership. A manufacturer's employee discount is legitimate. Uh, and uh, there are other, Ford offers that and some sometimes in promotions to the public. Uh, I would still do a uh, shop and compare before I took their word for it. Stu's got a point. I remember during the financial crisis and the beginning of the recession, a lot of manufacturers went out there with the employee discounts. And it is real because it comes from the manufacturer. However, usually the dealers will still try to, well, they'll get you with a dealer fee addendums all the same tricks so just because you see that doesn't mean it's necessarily the best deal it's like a rebate but how the dealer behaves when you get there is up to the dealer sure yeah uh, it's always buyer beware john you know that better than any of our listeners and i sure you would never be taken care of be uh, taken advantage of but, but the second thing is too yeah. and chevrolet was one of my favorite cars i always bought them brand new in the past the second car that i used to buy used was cadillac now, the new Cadillac ads that you see, it's a brand-new model of an SUV. It's a number four. I couldn't read the back of it. I think it's an IV4, and it's an SUV. And the ad shows, listen to sit down for this one, 30 from, from $35,000. <laughs> but the disclaimer on the bottom shows this car as shown. It says it's $21,500 more of 53.5. Yeah. So... It just shows you, uh, read the fine print, it sounds awfully cheap when you see the ad at $35,000, but th th that must be a very, very basic stripped-down model. So, um, like everything else, the disclaimer is important, and that's not the price that you're going to buy that car for. Hey, John, speaking so of I deceptive... I to mention that also. Speaking of deceptive advertising, you're from New York, and our mystery shop today is from a dealer by the name of Fuchillo. And he's got 30-some-odd dealerships. Most of them are in New York. Have you heard of a dealer in New York 
named Fucillo, F-U-C-I-L-L-O, F-U-C-C-I-L-L-O. No, I never heard of that one. Yeah, uh, he might not be yeah. in He's in, in Rochester, area. Schenectady, um, Schenectady, Greece, New York. I think there's. he's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. he's the oh, largest, he claims to be the largest Kia dealer in the world, and we mystery shopped him. He's who, we, he's who we'll be talking about in a little while. Well, you know, while you're talking about Kia and Hyundai, I was also away on a cruise 15 days, six different countries. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you something. It's very scary. I'm going to tell you why. One of the stops was in Panama. And going through the Panama Canal, there's all different type of uh, ships mm-hmm. that go through. And they give you a chart, and you can identify, you know, what's on them. The cargo ships is the... You know, the main ones that you see. But the auto transporters are closed vehicles, and you don't really know what they're from. Mm -hmm. But guess what all the majority was on them? They were Kias and Hondas coming into the United States, coming into, you know, who knows what other country. Mm -hmm. But here's what I observed in the six countries that I visited. I haven't been visiting uh, on a cruise ship in the last two years. Mm -hmm. In all the six countries I visited, used to be... Toyota, Honda, Nissan, and and some Mazdas. Now, all of those countries that I visited was Kia, Hyundai. The buses were even Kia. Mm -hmm. The uh, tour buses. And uh, also another company called Daewood, which I think is a is a Korean uh, outfit also. Yeah, Daewood. So it's scary. (laughs) This, to me, is like the 70s and 80s, where we had the invasion of Honda, Toyota, and Nissan. Yeah. And now, boy, I'm telling you, it is Kia and Hyundai, and that's what your report is going to be on today. And um, like I say, you can't tell on the ships going through the Panama Canal which vehicles are on that transporters. But the guy on the tour said mostly all of them are Kias and Hyundais. Yeah. They're owned by the so same just, uh, company now. They, they merged, and uh, they are, they are a, a significant factor now they're given the japanese uh, cars which are obviously super huge so it's between korea and japan america's getting a whole lot of competition well i i really observed it in the different countries yeah. that that's so popular and they buy them because of the price they told me sure but the taxi i was in in um colombia in uh Pan- yeah no in panama mm-hmm. that he said that they don't hold up very good compared to the Toyota and Nissans that he used to buy in the past. Mm -hmm. So that's a comment from the taxi driver. Interesting. Uh, Hey, John, uh, have you received any mailers recently? I haven't heard from you. No, but I want to tell you something. Everybody, if you want to know about Cuba, and I was never there, go buy the issue, the latest issue on the newsstands of Classic Car Magazine. It not only has pictures of the 50s and 60s uh, cars, but it's a very interesting history on Cuba goes back to Batista and the early history. And, i got to uh, do that. You, you uh, sent me a message on Facebook, I think, and your dad called that to your attention, I think. And, uh, yes. And uh, that's the February edition of Classic Car Magazine, February edition. It's by Hemmings Motor News. It's on all newsstands. I got you. And it's uh, very, very interesting. Uh, the Buick that's on the cover looks pretty original to me, but from what I understand, and you would say that too, Many of the cars were altered, and a lot of them have diesel engines in them. But you probably saw firsthand 
uh, you oh, know, yeah. the variations and yeah. uh, alterations yeah, yeah. that were done. There's no original cars. I used to think that some of them were original, but obviously, how could you have an original 1955 Chevrolet? You know, everything has been rebuilt and the whole there's a whole industry in Cuba now of making parts actually yeah, making parts on obsolete old tools a lot of it came from Russia and they build they actually build uh, from scratch I'd, I'd love to have some of these guys working for me uh, you know it's difficult for us to find parts right Rick sometimes you have to buy a whole module and these people can build the components that make up the module yep so. It's amazing history, John, uh, in Havana. It is just so amazing. Uh, last year, whenever we visited Havana, you know, Earl and I went into these body shops, and it was just amazing that they were able to just, uh, uh, out of scratch, you know, get these cars running and build these parts. So not only is there a whole lot of history in Havana that you talked about, but uh, the uh, automobile industry over there is a, a just amazing, beautiful, beautiful beautiful antique cars on the road and they are meticulous there isn't a car you see on the road that <laughs> it's just amazing well, it's almost I'm like as if they keep it. the cars in a garage next trip is Cuba because I enjoy seeing the cars the old cars yeah you guys have a good day I look forward to this shopping report Oh, thank you so much, John. Keep listening. Give us a call toll-free. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530. And ladies, if you didn't hear me earlier, you can win yourself $50. First two new lady callers, you can win yourself $50 just for calling the show and saying hello or sharing maybe your uh, car buying experience uh, or anything uh, uh, anything at all with your, your vehicle. Uh, and again, the mystery shopping report is going to be pretty interesting. And uh, I think that Earl might get a chance to go over a uh, deceptive mail uh, that uh, mail that he got, I think it was last week, and uh, immediate response to the notice requested, and they just scare you to death in order for you to get back to them and walk into this trap. I'm going to pass this over to Earl through Rick, and if he gets a chance to talk about that later, that's great information there. Um, Stu, do you have any uh, Texas for us? Yeah, we have a few. Um, some came in on our Facebook Live video. Actually, the first one was from Craig, Hen, who called in. And by the way, I love Craig. Oh. Uh, this, I think, was his first call, but he's on Facebook um, every week, and he's, he's always commenting. He's got great insight. So uh, uh, Craig had a comment earlier on, if I can find it, about uh, service departments. He says, at almost every service department, uh, they run the same formula. Be vague. Tell customers they must diagnose and will never commit to a price until the car is in the back. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and you know what, Craig? Uh, in the uh, February 2019 edition of Consumer Report, they focus on can you trust your auto repair shop? And there's so much information in that Consumer Report, you might find it interesting. Mm-hmm. And the, the, you, you need to insist on getting an estimate because by law, I think it's within 10%, yes. they have to, that's what they have to deliver. So um, if they're going to be vague, push them for a number. It's got to be over $100. Anything over yeah. $100, they have to give you a written estimate. But you must ask for yeah. it. If you don't ask, you don't get it. Right. So there you go. Buyer beware in the service department. Uh, the next one comes from Guy Larrabee. He says, I'm a snowbird currently living in Jensen Beach. A point of interest in Ontario... 
where I'm from, by law, dealers have to advertise all-inclusive price except tax and tag. Is this well, Nirvana? Didn't know that. That is Nirvana. And technically, that's the case here in Florida. <laughs> it just <laughs> the lo They just don't follow the law. So, um, And then the last text comes in. There's no name on this. It says, I was suckered into a Toyota dealership in West Palm Beach, not yours, Earl. I saw a great price on what I thought was a new Corolla. When I got there, I found that the price was thousands higher. After I complained, I found out the ad was on a used one. I insisted what I saw was a new was on a new car, but they showed me the ad, and in the fine print, it said it was used. So I worked a deal, only to have them add a $999 fee. I did what you said and left. Good for you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing the number of people, when you uh, hear a Mr. Shopping Report uh, toward the end of the show and you see the deception, I'll give you a little, I'm probably giving you too much information, but there was a lot of deception involved, and you realize that this uh, Kia dealer is the largest in the United States uh, purportedly, but if he's not the largest, he's, he's the second big. largest. He sells four or 500 Kias a month, which is more than the Toyota dealer does over there. Mm -hmm. Toyota dealers typically sell the most cars in the market. And uh, so there are a lot of people buying cars, and deception works, unfortunately. Yep. So it's uh, buyer beware. Yep. And as we were speaking, another text came in, and this is from Chuck up in Stewart. Is it ever necessary to clean the outside of an engine? Years go by, they used to steam clean engines. What's the harm today? Uh, it actually is not very necessary because modern engines don't have the kind of seepage and oil seepage and, and leaks like they used to have. So it's really not a big necessity for steam cleaning. However, that being said, cars that are run up north or cars that are constantly very close to salt water here in West uh, South Florida when you're near the ocean and that salt water, I do recommend having it cleaned every so often. Just lightly sprayed down with a hose. Be careful around the electronics not to get water in anything there. But just enough to try to remove some of that salt residue. And, of course, northern cars, they have specialized car washes that wash the underside and will spray up into the engine compartment some to get that road salt off of the cars. I, I'd be too scared to do that. Yeah, There's I so, so much electronics, I don't, I don't even know what to yeah, it's, it's better to go to a professional <laughs> yeah. shop where is, the equipment is designed yeah. to do so safely. And, of course, then if anything happens, they're... You know, their insurance is going to cover You don't want to give the hose to damage. Josie and tell her to <laughs> no, clean the I'm engine. Off. I'd no. give it to Josie before I, before I, I did it. it. Yeah, exactly. I would destroy my car. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, Josie, the, if you're The listening. apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I'm a little bit upset with Josie. I, I mentioned the radio show, and she says, what? I go, you know, what I do every Saturday morning. She goes, you're on a radio show? Oh. And then she wasn't exactly clear what a radio was, so I had to explain. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's 11, folks. So oh, goodness She's gracious. 35 years old. I'm I thought she no, had her own apartment now. Okay. No, not yet. No, oh, don't do that to me. Before you know it. Well, Nancy alluded earlier uh, to uh, the current consumer reports. As you all know, uh, we are very, very strong ad advocates of consumer reports. And the uh, February edition, the latest one on the newsstands or online, has something that I think is fantastic. Uh, I've never air seen anything like this before. Air fryers? And uh, I'm going to get to it, but we've got a Wait, caller. Well, I, uh, Steve's been holding it from West Palm Beach. Uh, good morning, Steve. Happy New Year. Good morning, Mr. Stewart, you, uh, Mr. Stewart and Rick and the company. Uh, Happy hey. New Year. Um, I had uh, a question, uh, too. 
I, I know we talked about the Tacoma airbags, but I pick it up in any of the media. But, you know, they recall, Ford just recalled almost, uh, it said 953,000 uh, Tacoma airbags yeah. for Tacoma. all different vehicles. Yeah. And also, the, my other question, Part B, is they're doing the Thank you, Steve. Uh, yeah, the uh, Takata thing is uh, continues. The only time you see it in the media is when there's a fresh recall. Meanwhile, there's a huge backlog of cars that haven't been fixed. So the real news is not the fact that uh, 100,000 or a million more cars have been recalled. The real news is that all the ones that have been recalled are not being fixed, and they're being sold as we speak legally every single day. Thousands and thousands of deadly cars with recalled to cut airbags and other dangerous recalls are openly being sold to you and people all over the world, uh, which can kill the person that buys the car. So, unfortunately, the media only sees the news release, and it comes probably from NHTSA, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, whenever they issue a recall. So they read it, and then two days later, everybody's forgotten about it. And uh, Rick is uh, looking at me. I know he wants to give out the, the website, which what you should do. You know I love that one. Write this down. Rick's going to give you a, a website to go to and check your car out or the car you're thinking about buying. www.safercar.gov. S-A-F-E-R-C-A-R.gov. Exactly. Write it down, uh, and you can put your VIN number in. You can find out if you're driving a time bomb or not. And the car this dealer wants to sell you, he won't tell you. In our mystery shopping reports, we prove this time after time. They will sell you the car and never tell you that there's a defective airbag in there. Sometimes these airbags cannot be fixed because the inflator that needs to go in to replace the defective one isn't available. And often, more often than that, they're just not fixed, and there's no excuse for it. So put that VIN number into www.safercar.gov. Find out the car you want to buy is defective because the dealer will not tell you. 877-960-9960 if you want to call us on an old-fashioned telephone, or if you want to stream us, you can go to uh, stream earloncars.com www.streameearloncars.com or just go on Facebook we're on, we're on Facebook right now facebook.com forward slash earloncars and uh, Stu I'm surprised we're not getting more posts I know why Why? we got to read out that read the number out so you got to uh, text yeah, us 772 uh, 772-497-6530 that's seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And on you us. know, Earl, you were about to mention earlier the Consumer Report. You know, I, I want to tell our audience uh, we Earl and I talk about how important Consumer Report is, but let me tell you, I would love to do a video in our home of the two of us fighting over a Consumer Report subscription. So lo and behold. Things got so intense at our house that we had to finally have separate subscriptions. Earl has his, and I have mine. And sometimes he picks mine up. Well, 
if not intentionally, and he gets busted like he did this morning. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I can't stress to you enough, you're in the market to buy a car, to get your car repaired, uh, tires, insurance, everything. Consumer report is something to pick up. It'll save you a lot of money. Stu? Techs work, don't they, Stu? Yes, and we got three just came in as we I was well, reading. Let me the give number. me the number on again. It works <laughs> so good. Seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. That's our text number. You folks love to text. I love to text. The world loves to text. Seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And we got a little backlog here. It is funny though about texting. I want to talk to my best friend last night. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to text him. I'm going to call him. And as I started calling, I'm like, nah, I don't want to call him. <laughs> I'm just going to text Isn't it? Him. Yeah. What point like, do you reach in your life whenever uh, you do that? Because I find myself doing the same thing. It's almost like as if you could just get to the meat of the topic. Right. A, a phone call is too much of a commitment. Oh. You don't know how long it's going to last, you know? <laughs> yeah. that, that's what I, so anyway. You can just cut it off. I digress. So, okay. So uh, the, the first text that came in, uh, I watched a show called Adam Ruins Everything. On the show, Adam explains the truth about how things really work. The episode I saw, he exposes why car dealers are so bad. Mm. I could have sworn I was listening to you, Earl. Mm. Adam blamed it all on state franch on the state franchise laws. Ah. I recommend looking this show up. It's totally worth it. And by the way, I do watch that show. I didn't see that episode. Um, it's on True TV, and it's if you got a cable package, you can watch it. And it's it's a pretty good show. But and I saw the commercial for the car dealer one. And I, I I made a point. I got to see that. that. Yeah. yeah. Adam ruins everything. Yeah. Okay. The next one. Uh. Oh, I'm sorry. We got a lot. You know, we, we oh, have we have a first time female caller, and she's giving us a call from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Anne Marie, and Happy New Year. Good morning. Thank you. Happy New Year, and welcome back. Thank you so much. Uh, You've won yourself fifty dollars. Thank you very much. You're I welcome. Appreciate you appreciate it. You stay on the line uh, whenever you're finished, and uh, give the information that I need. You can give it to Rudy in the control room, and he'll pass it along to me, and I'll get that check out to you. Thank you. What can we I do for you this morning? What? Once upon a time, uh, one could change out seats and cars and vans. Of course, that was long before uh, uh, airbags and stuff. I was wondering if uh, someone, uh, if they want a new, more comfortable seat, whether they can replace seats in, uh, say, a Highlander, or when would one have to replace a new vehicle? Uh, basically get a new car is what it comes down to are you speaking about the airbags Anne marie i th- i think no, she's uh, speaking about uh, the, the seat itself uh, uh, oh, the seat. my okay. brother has a bad back uh, oh. uh he it, and it's gotten worse over the years and uh, he'd kind of like to get a more comfortable seat in his highlander I see. but uh he wasn't sure you can just put in new uh seats anymore whether he'd have to just get a new car well i'll let rick answer it but before i let rick answer it uh we get a lot of requests to change seats and the seats are a safety issue because the seat that is designed in a car is designed to work with the airbag and with rollover and collision and a lot of other things Uh, a car is a a bunch of components that have got to fit and they've got to react in uh, in microseconds of time when you're in a collision so it's it's illegal for a car dealer to change the seat uh, the way it was designed to be now it's probably fine to replace the seat with another factory seat but it's probably extremely expensive that's all I know I'll turn it over, turn it over to Rick I would find it pretty much um, I would, I'm gonna say it's almost going to be impossible really 
to try replacing a seat in one model of car with a seat from another model. Oh, I, I, simply I, because yeah. the the, I'm the frames that, yeah, aren't going to match up. Yeah, I'm. I'm or you, if you have, I'm saying if someone brought a uh, 2016 a Honda Civic into a, a mm -hmm. Honda dealer and said, "Parts department, please order 2016 Honda front seat." You could put that into the 2016 Honda Civic. Right, Same right. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, that's that's exactly. Is, was that your question, Anne Marie? Uh, pretty much. I uh, yes. Thank you. Yeah, be sure it's factory, and be sure you don't let someone, you know, adjust something that would maybe be dangerous for you. And you know, you know something, Anne Marie. This is Nancy Stewart. Um, it's uh, it's funny that you call and mention that particular problem. You know, uh, just recently, uh, I read an article about. Uh, you know, the consumer, you know, concentrating on so many different factors. And this is a big transaction when you purchase a car or buy a house. But there wasn't enough consumers that were really focused on the comfort of that seat for them. And they found what you just spoke about. And th the problem exists with so many more consumers with their back and what to do about it. So uh, the uh, bottom line here, the article was suggesting that you spend enough time test driving that car, not for 15 or 20 minutes, but take the car for a day or so and, you know, just establish whether or not there's enough support in that car's, in that driver's seat before you sign on the dotted line. Okay, where do we thank go now? Thank you very we've much. Got, You're welcome, you. Anne-Marie. Thanks, Anne-Marie. I think we've got a I, couple of texts, don't we, Stu? That's right. Uh, the first one uh, is our dealer, this is from Jake in Riviera Beach, our dealer prep fees for used cars also considered profit um, when you consider the extra labor and material that a dealer has to perform in order to make a used car look like it's ready for sale. Jake in Riviera. Well, Jake, uh, there's a lot of things that car dealers and all businesses have to do to us uh, be in business, and they're, they're called expenses. And when you have a product, you are supposed to take all the expenses that you have to have while you're in business, pack it into the cost of the product you're selling. And preparing a used car for delivery or a new car delivery or paying your advertising uh, and paying your phone bill paying a commission to the salespeople. There's thousands of expenses. I'm a car dealer, and my expenses are huge. And I have to account for all those expenses when I sell you a car. Right. You don't want to sell a car, an appetizer car, and quote a price to a customer, and then have him pay you back some of the expenses that you have to pay every day and every month to be in business. That's what happens and dealers pass it along as if it's legitimate. Right. Uh, when I explain it to my kids, and I'm not trying to infantilize our audience, but uh, they had experience with lemonade stands, and I said a dealer fee would be like you charging, you spent $10 getting your lemonade together, but then yeah. you charged a sugar fee yeah, a on top fee. of it. A cup fee. Or a cup fee, exactly. Yeah. So. Great example. Yeah, they understood it. It's, called, it's just being sneaky. It's a way to understate the price of the product whatever whether it's lemonade or a car and then bam when you sign the papers suddenly you see the cup fee yeah. and the straw fee exactly and, uh, and buy a cup of lemonade for 25 cents but then you got to pay a dollar for the cup yeah exactly so. <laughs> outrageous all right steve in new jersey texted us and he says welcome back 
It's good to be back. Um, I don't think I've heard you talk about this topic. I've been thinking about buying a new car, and I've been reading about concierge car buying negotiation consultants. What's your opinion of this? And um, that is just a fancy word for a car broker. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's exactly right. Now that's a that's an interesting question because car brokers are older than car dealers. I think I think they probably had buggy brokers mm-hmm. back in the day, and a broker is just somebody that has the nego- negotiating skills and the connections and so on and so forth, and allegedly that he should be able to get a better price for you because he knows the dealers. The dealers know him. Uh, he knows more about. Uh, the cars and the cost and all the other things that you have to do before you get a good price on something. So the bottom line is this. If you have an honest broker that's truly skilled, I know people. I spoke to an attorney the other day uh, in Miami. And uh matter of fact, this is the attorney I'm speaking to uh, about a class action suit against uh, several large car dealers for unfair and deceptive trade practices regarding the dealer fee. Now, here's a very super smart, sophisticated attorney. And by the way, this lawsuit is in progress. We will announce more about that in the next few shows. But this dealer has never bought a car himself. I mean, dealer. This lawyer has never bought a car himself. He uses a broker. And he has a broker that he trusts who has a lot of skill. And he negotiates the price. And he buys the car through the broker. So brokers are good. Caveat. Be sure he's honest, and be sure he's giving you a good price. To be honest with you, if I had a broker, I would keep him honest from time to time. I would do a little shopping on AutoTrader or Costco or some of the other ways we recommend you price your car out. And then you go to your broker, and he comes up with a price. You say, hey, Charlie, I can buy it on true car for $1,000 less than the yeah. price you got me. So keep your broker honest, but an honest broker is a good way to go. Absolutely. So we're caught up on text, but just to touch on that, I mean, I think you might have mentioned this, but the the, the broker's fee is coming from the profit on the dealer. Yeah. So the, the dealer is not going to lose money. So no. you, you, if you got a good broker, um, he does a lot of the lead work, leg work. If you consider all the time that a uh, the car research process takes, mm-hmm. it can actually save you. Um, uh, well, it saves you a lot of time, and as they say, time is money. So sure. you got to balance the whole thing out. Yeah, dishonest uh, broker will actually. Uh, if you trust a broker too much and he says, I want you to go buy a Mercedes for me, and uh, and he says, well, I think I can get you this model for, you know, $82,500, uh, uh, and, and that's a good price, and you believe him, <clears throat> he'll go to a dealer and say, I got a sucker out here that'll pay $82,500, uh, but I won't, <clears throat> it's a $10,000 profit to you, but I want half of it. And a broker can't collect any fee that he can negotiate with the dealer. The dealer pays the fee. So by the price of his car, and uh, you're just getting a terrible deal. So keep him honest. Yeah. Um, I have a question for Rick. And uh, just recently somebody was uh, talking to me about a 2011 Tahoe that they were going to purchase from a private owner. Um he talked to me about this word cluster, and I went ahead and Googled it, and I came up with something that was associated with the odometer. Can you shed some light on that? He's questioning the number of miles on that 2011. Okay, well, the, the cluster basically means the instrument cluster. It's the, the section of the dashboard where it's got all the gauges and the instruments, 
And in that is the odometer, which tells you how many miles that car has been driven. Now, it was a thing back in the day, back in the 60s and 70s, uh, dishonest mechanics and dishonest car dealers could actually find a way to go in there and they could play with that odometer. It was a mechanical device and they could actually turn the miles back. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, that's pretty much impossible because if you do a Carfax report and the Carfax report shows that that car <clears throat> was in for service at 85,000 miles and you're looking at an odometer that says the car's only got 60,000 miles, something's wrong. Oh, uh, okay. And I have actually seen this in one case where a customer had bought a Camry hybrid sight unseen from some fellow on the street down in Miami. The car showed that he had approximately 40,000 miles on the odometer. And when we started looking at the history and ran a Carfax report, we found that car had actually over 200,000 miles. Somebody had bought an odometer from a junkyard and replaced the instrument cluster in that car so that the odometer showed an incorrect mileage. Wow. Hmm. 772-497-6530, the magic text number. Yes. And I apologize for forgetting to give that number out earlier in the show. And every time we give it out, something amazing happens. Yes. People text us. So please write the text number down, 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530 to text us. And, of course, you can call us old-fashioned phone, 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. And we've got a huge amount of bandwidth. We're really shooting out a signal all over the planet. Facebook. You yeah. can listen to us on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. That is correct. Facebook, and Facebook we're Facebook. all over the place. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just a, a quick recap here. A couple of weeks ago, we oh, had yeah. a customer call in, uh, a caller that... He was driving a 2018 Camry, and he said he felt a bit of lag between when he stepped on the gas pedal and when the car responded. Mm. Uh, This is actually kind of a, unfortunately, it's it's a nature of the beast. And he put in one of these K&N air filters, and it just ran fine. Well, somebody somebody recommended replacing his air filter with a K&N air filter. So we wanted to do some testing just to see what we could come up with and to find out, was this actually a, a viable thing? Um, so what it is, one of our employees at the shop, one of our service riders, mm-hmm. has a 2018 Camry. So I got a K&N and put in for him. And he's been driving it for a couple weeks now. He says he's seeing about 2.5 miles per gallon increase in fuel economy. Really? So there is a small increase in fuel economy. Now, I got hold of it before I replaced the, the filter. And I did some driving in it with my scan tool hooked up, and I was looking at what's called the mass airflow meter that tells me how much air is going into the engine. And I compared it between the factory filter and what the K&N was able to do. And the mass airflow meter showed me about a 1.5 increase in the amount of air coming into the engine. So it did have some, some effect. However, here comes the other side of the coin. Let's say you keep a car for four years. Did it help the lag? Uh, That was the Uh, question. It really didn't help much. Did not? Okay. Did it it help a little bit? They said a tiny bit. It felt like it did, Uh but it really didn't give that much because that lag is mainly 
the commu- the computer communication time mm-hmm. from when you step on the pedal yeah. to when the computer tells the throttle body to open and it responds. So there's another downside. What was that? Right. Here if you say you kept the car for four years, Toyota recommends replacing that air filter every thirty thousand miles or two years mm-hmm. based on fifteen thousand a year. And the cost of the air filter plus the cost of the labor to put it in if you have the technician do it for total for that four years would be about $76, less than $100 to replace those two filters. And if you were doing it yourself, it's basically two metal clips, open the box, pull the filter out, put the new one in, and you're done. Now, the K&N filter, however, was $48 for the filter itself, which is a one-time expense, then a cleaner kit that's needed every 30000 or every two years at $14 per. And then the labor to actually clean and re-oil that filter, which is quite an, it's quite a process on K&N's website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be about one hour labor for most shops. So you're looking about 140 bucks most places. Total for that four years time. $356. Okay, let me ask you this. You said he got two and a half miles per gallon better. Uh, now, two and a half miles per gallon, you said, isn't much, but it sounds like a lot to me. Uh, uh, what is the gas mileage on that vehicle? Uh, Camry's running west to about 22 to 23 on the 18 Camry. On the four-cylinder? The yes, four-cylinder. We're using just a, a I think SE a little, Camry. A little high. Let me look up. I think you're a little, we're a little bit higher than that. But anyway, okay. uh, on, on, there's, on a 20-gallon tank uh, uh, at two and a half miles per gallon, you're saving, you're getting another 45 miles. Okay, but on a tank of gas. Yep. 29 pay, City, 41 Highway. Okay. You, you know, so, so, uh, so if you uh, if you're saving, how much gas are you saving at uh, what is it? Three dollars? How much you're paying? Oh, like 250 right now. Right. 250 a gallon. Uh, do the, do I think it would be a function of how much driving you do. If you do a lot of driving and you get another two and a half miles per gallon, it could justify the increased cost of the. Filter. I think it could offset a good portion of it. Yeah. But I don't think it would quite meet up to all of it. Yeah. And it would depend on how much driving you do. Right. And you know, how how long a drive. If you were a, a in the car all the time, driving a lot. Then you, I would think you would see a change. Yeah. Stu, do the math on that for me, will you? Uh-huh. Two and a half miles per gallon, uh, and let's say you do, uh, uh, say sixty thousand miles in yeah. that four years. And while you're working on okay. that, oh, while God, you're working on that, uh, Jonathan, will you do this? We're we're <laughs> yeah. uh, we're all fighting for time here. Yeah, I'm uh, fighting for time. <laughs> I want to go to this article on Consumer Reports. Okay, and go. I wanna, and I want to give out the telephone number. Okay. And the text number because we haven't. Well, text you have a lot to do. So that's text number is seven seven two. Four nine seven six five three zero. That's seven seven two, four nine seven six five three zero. Or you can reach us on a landline or a cell phone for that mm-hmm. matter at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Now there's a great article in Consumer Reports here that uh, I really would like to get to before we get to our mystery shopping report. And Nancy talked about that earlier in the show. I've never seen this in print, but. They actually rated service departments, and I'm ashamed to say that the re- magazine just came in. I didn't have a chance to read it in detail. Uh, they ranked independent service departments, and they ranked dealership service departments in the old Consumer Reports ranking. Now, 
I'll tell you the number one place to have your car serviced. We talk about this over and over on the show. Uh, is a company I've never heard of. Uh, it's uh, These are independent shops. Uh, where am I here? Uh, it's a Canada company. Uh, but here's, here's the top independents. Uh, Goodyear Auto Service and Jiffy Lube. That's an 88 rating. Uh, the 87 rating is very high. Napa Auto Center and AAA Car. Pick up the February Consumer Reports. <clears throat> I'm not going to read all this to you. The lowest rated independent uh, was 79. It's a Mavis or Mavis discount tire. I've never heard of them. And the dealerships, now this is <clears throat> not by individual dealers, but by franchises. And one of the higher ratings are Lexus and Volvo. That's an 83. But that's lower than most of the independents. Uh, on, uh, and then there's Toyota, Acura, and Honda. The, the lowest um, franchise dealership service department was Volkswagen. Interestingly enough, but I'm just giving you the headlines here. It's a February Consumer Report. It's uh, entitled Auto Ch Auto Repair Chains. Who can you trust and not? So pick up the February or go online with the Consumer Reports because we get more calls on this show than anything else about having problems getting mm -hmm. your car fixed. And this this gives you national change and national dealer franchise service department <coughs> ratings. It's really good, yeah. It's a it's a it's a fabulous way to get a lot of information, exactly. accurate, perfect information. Because guess what, Consumer Report, uh, they're not there to give us information to protect the auto dealers or anyone else. They are there to protect us, and they are giving us the information that is priceless yeah. right now i'm in the studio i got about five consumer reports sitting right in front of me that's how important it is this year last year wherever you can get your information so that's great information from the recovering car dealer 877-960-9960 772-497-6530 and we're going to go to howard real quick and uh, he's calling from jupiter he's a regular caller happy new year welcome happy new year to you it's a pleasure hey, speaking to you <coughs> And uh, I hope you enjoyed your vacation. Yes. Um, uh, my question is uh, concerning the Apple Play. Now, I purchased a uh, 2017 Camry, a loaded XLE, and I got navigation. And I plan to buy a, I, I buy a car every three years, so I'm going to buy a car in 2020. Now, I heard that uh, uh, you have a, a navigation system uh, that I use my own, my Apple phone now, and mm -hmm. you can't get a, 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 the regular navigation system. Can you explain that to me, please? I can touch on it a little bit. Uh, a lot of car manufacturers have paired up uh, with, with Apple, and it's basically a system that mirrors a lot of the apps that you have on your phone right onto your display screen. And one of them is Apple Maps, and I believe also Waze, I think, uh, yeah. works with it. And, and Google Maps as well. That's right. And it's it's kind of nice uh, because, let's be honest, most of the car manufacturers' navigation systems, the, excuse my, my French, suck. <laughs> and so uh, and if you're used to using your own map on your phone, which, which I am and a lot of people are, it makes it a lot easier. To throw oh, an extra thought yeah, in there. That's very interesting. 
Well, to throw an extra thought in there, Howard, um, here's a comparison. Apple and Google and Waze all update their maps usually about once a year, sometimes more frequently. The, the data information on all the streets is updated. Um, factory navigation systems. Now, I can speak specifically. I can speak for Toyota. We come up with map data updates about every two years, so a lot less frequently. And would you like to hazard a guess as to how much it costs to get that updated information for a Toyota factory system? Two hundred dollars. Yeah, how much? How much does it cost? Like Mr. Stewart just said, two hundred dollars <laughs> for the new map data. When Apple and Google and Waze all give it to you for free. So if your car has Apple CarPlay, you're getting that map data updated instantly, every time, for free. And here's another kick. The Google Maps has that the, uh, the information about traffic and construction areas and up-to-the-minute information on weather and such things that will affect your travel as you're following your route. And that comes through on Apple CarPlay. I know it because I've got Apple CarPlay in my pickup, and I've used it. Okay, so how does it hook up? Do you uh, do you hook up uh, your Apple, uh, tether it to? Uh, that is to correct. The, uh, you know, yes. Some part of the car. And right now, it's right now it's a wired connection. A, a you, simple USB yeah. cable. That's it. Boom! It's done. Yep. And then it recognizes the phone, and you don't have to do really much of anything. It kind of knows what's going on. Now, there are, they are going to have a wireless, um, at least in the Toyotas I know. Some of the manufacturers, I think you can go wireless. And in future updates, you'll be able to hook up the car without plug it in, plugging it in with the USB cord. Howard, uh, great question. A lot of people worry about that, and uh, they're difficult. It's a shame. It's one thing that all the manufacturers need to play catch-up on, uh, Apple. Uh, and uh, you're, you, you've got a very valid question. Very interesting. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, for Howard. Thanks uh, for being part of the uh, show. Do you, do you uh, foresee any changes in the, in the 2020 uh, Camry, uh, or is it going to be uh, rolled over from the 2019? There, there probably won't be a redesign. Just a small. Um, you know, they, they'll do some small changes, maybe some trim stuff, but nothing, nothing major. And I was told that the best time to trade a car in is after three years. Is that correct? Depends on the car, uh, Howard. Uh, three years is about an average, uh, maybe not average, it's a little sooner, uh, four years, five years with the cars today. Uh, you, there's no need to trade a car in any sooner than three years. In fact, I would say now four years is probably a more economical cycle for you. I got you. One other question. With all these uh, uh, new... new uh, technological things in a car, uh, does it pay to uh, get in, uh, uh, insurance on, you know, when you buy the car, uh, extended warranty so that it covers everything? Uh, sure. I spoke to Alan Napier, and he told me that it, it really pays to do that because of the uh, uh, all the uh, 
technological things that, that's happening now. Well, uh, what well, do you think, Earl? It, it's, it's a peace of mind story, Howard. Uh, Alan, uh, you know, it depends on your psychology. I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. I'm an analytical guy. And I know that when I buy an extended warranty that the insurance company, the warranty company, is making a lot of money on me. And I, I bankroll it myself. If I can afford to pay the repairs, I will go ahead and bankroll it, and I'll save money in the long run instead of paying out a bunch of insurance premiums on extended warranties. It's particularly true when you're buying a quality product. You buy a quality product, uh, you don't need to waste your money. In my opinion, Alan might sleep better at night because he knows that he's not going to have to pay anything, but in the long run, the insurance company is a winner. Okay, I understand that. Thank you very much for your information. Thank Happy you. New Year. Happy New Year. I now New get, year to you. I get Apple Care on all my Apple products now. That's your Because I feel, I feel better. That's I feel all. better, yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to go to another female caller, uh, Daylene from Fort Pierce. She's a first-time right. caller. Good morning and Happy New Year. Well, and same to you. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, you're welcome, and you can stay on the line because you won yourself $50 when you're finished well, talking to you. us, and you can share your information with Rudy, and I'll get that check out to you. Thank you. What, how can we help you? Is, I lease. I leased my car, and I'm coming up to the time to lease another car. Uh, I have about six months left on the lease. Uh, the car is about 27000 plus a few miles. And I am always hearing about all these hidden fees. My question is, what hidden fees are involved in leasing a car? Well, Daylene, we don't have enough time left on the show to tell you about all the hidden fees. Uh, it's really a minefield. I, I'm just kidding, I can tell you. You have something called an inception fee, uh, which could be four, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars $400, uh, $500. You have a over-mileage fee, which is at the end of the lease when you drive more than the allotted annual mileage allotment. Uh, you have a disposition fee, which is when you turn the car in, they charge another three or four hundred dollars. Uh, of course, there's a standard dealer fees, I say plural, that are added on top of the lease anyway. And uh, I always recommend to people that when they're leasing a car, uh, unless you're sophisticated, unless you're willing to take the time to read the fine print and and get full disclosure and transparency on everything in that lease, uh, you're probably better off to do a simple purchase. But if you decide you're going to lease, pick the exact year make model car you want to lease, apples and apples, exact same year make model car, go to at least three dealers, give them the same terms, in other words, 36 months, uh, $1,000 down payment, or no down payment, in 48 months. Give them the exact term, the exact down payment, the exact year make model, and do nothing more than compare the monthly payment. That is simple for you, easy to understand, and you are going to be able to lease that car from the dealer that gives you the lowest monthly payment. Okay, I appreciate that. You're very welcome, Thank darling. Thank you for the call. Okay, I think we're uh, getting right up here on the mystery shopping report time. We have uh, a we, bunch of texts. Well, we got a backlog. Yeah, we got a backlog. This is a fairly 
uh, straightforward mystery yeah. shopping report. Let's take those texts. Yeah, I think I think I get through it. Oh, we got no. I'm sorry. Now there's there's another one. <laughs> okay. And excuse me, Stu. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to end our show just a little bit earlier than we normally do, and that's at 10 o'clock sharp. So we're going to try to get yeah. the rest of these texts in and get to that mystery shopping report and the video that goes with it. Okay. On Facebook, one of our live video viewers, uh, Steve says, um, "Toyota bases, uh, sorry, Toyota leases use a 15,000 miles a year. For trade-in purposes, they use 12,000 miles. Many cars are advertised for lease allow only for 10,000 miles. Why are there such differences?" Well, the lower the mileage, the higher the value of the car at the end of the lease. So a lot of dealers will intentionally use, and manufacturers for that matter, uh, a low mileage annual allowance so they can advertise a low lease payment. And then there's no disclosure or transparency when you come in. Uh, we get calls from customers that have been putting 20, 25,000 miles a year on a lease that they only have 15 or 12,000 mile allotment from the leasing company, and the charge can be huge, up to 25 cents a mile, and I've actually seen it higher. So you take 25 cents a mile, and you find out that you're 40 or 50,000 miles over the limit, you're talking five, $6,000 in terms of a surprise payment. So uh, that's why they do that that way, and you should always have the mileage that you drive foremost in your mind when you're leasing a car. Okay, moving right along, uh, Steve in New Jersey says, Hi, Nancy. You suggested taking a full-day test ride to make, the, make sure the seats are comfortable. My wife's had two back surgeries, and I really need to do this, um, but all the dealers have said no. I'm looking at Lexus and BMW. Um, they said, oh, I spoke to eight dealers near my home, and none of them allow for this. Um, what can I do about it? And I guess you got to find the right dealer, but you've been through eight. I don't know what to, what to tell you. <laughs> One possibility would be to rent a car. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I'm really shocked that the dealers are reacting that way. It's really stupid. Uh, if you're a, a good prospect to buy a car and pay them a nice profit, uh, letting you drive a car for four or five hours on a single day yeah, big deal. Uh, would make all the sense in the world. It could be a, maybe a New Jersey thing. I would take it up. It's possible. Yeah. I would take it up the line. I would talk to the general sales manager or maybe even the general manager. I'd get on the telephone, and I would call the dealership uh, and say, listen, here's my problem. I want to buy a car, and they will not let me drive the car. I have a back problem. I have to drive it for a few hours to be able to see if it's going to be compatible yeah. with my back injury. And if you that way, you're not going to have to worry about uh, going from car to yeah. car dealership to car dealership. It's, it's very commonplace down here. They yeah, we even, definitely. It, sometimes it's abused. We call the puppy dog or the D-horse, but an overnight mm -hmm. test drive yeah. is very common yeah. in Florida. And, and you know, you, you'd have to get a calculator out to figure out how many hours you would spend in that seat. I mean, it, it, the, the, the driver's seat. I mean, you're going to purchase that car, and guess what? Uh, you're probably going to spend so much money on all these crazy pillows that they sell mm -hmm. and all these other things, when the easy way to do this is to find a dealer that's going to let you drive the car for maybe four, maybe six hours, because you are a potential customer, a potential buyer. Okay, we've got some more text here, I think. Yep. Um, I got a nail in my tire. The service manager at the dealership said it was okay to patch because it was in the middle of the tread. I was uncomfortable with this. Is this safe? Should I have insisted on getting a new tire? The patch was free, but I don't want to risk my safety. Patches are fine if they're on the tread where the rubber meets the road. Yep. You never want to do it on the sidewall. That's right. Exactly. Okay. <clears throat> uh, 
Rick. Yellow. Hi. <laughs> when should Toyota owners change transmission fluid in the car? This is from Joe and Boynton. Um, three different types of transmission fluid in Toyotas. The oldest ones right now on the road use type T4 about every 60,000 miles. If you have world, actually, we'll, we'll stick with the two most common, the T4 and the WS, which is the latest one. And Toyota has no service interval for yeah, we're talking WS. About, we got a lot of, you know, everybody is, out there has got a different requirement, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, all the manufacturers. So, But yeah. WS, you don't need to change it unless you're in severe conditions. And then about every 120,000 miles. Okay. Hardly and, ever. And yeah. Jay and Jupiter asks, actually says, Consumer Reports is available free online after logging in uh, to your public library account here in Palm Beach County. Thank you for reminding us. I didn't uh, know that. We were told that once before. It's amazing. All the libraries in Palm Beach County, all you have to do is have a library card. You go down there, log on, and you can do Consumer Reports. And if you buy anything expensive without doing that, you're nuts. You really should take advantage of that. Or I'll read Earl's login credentials for his account on the air. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You can <laughs> they'll shut you down probably. We're yeah. all caught up with text. And, and you know, we haven't even mentioned for a moment your anonymous feedback. That's because would we're running out of time. Would you like to mention a, that? Uh, no, I don't want to mention that now. I'm going to mention it after the Mystery Shopping Report. Sounds like a great idea. Okay. Mystery Shopping Report of Fuchilla. I, I guess I'm pronouncing it. I think it's Fusilo. I think it's Fusilo. 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 F-U-C-C-I-L-L-O. -L -L -O. Fusilo Kia of Cape Coral. Uh, we decided to kick off the new year with a huge mystery shop. <laughs> Few, I'm going to call him Fuchilo. Okay. Fuchilo Kia of Cape Coral may or may not be the largest volume Kia dealer in the United States. It depends on who you ask. Rick Case Kia in Sunrise, Florida makes the same claim. Uh, every dealer is... One of my little Number jokes one. as a dealer, I, I, I said I always wanted to advertise that I was the world's largest dealer in this area. Because you're 267 pounds. I'm <laughs> kidding. You're not anywhere. Yeah, and because I'm, you know, <laughs> uh, I, at that time I was six foot five. Uh, uh, so Rick Kay says he is, uh, Fuchillo says he is. Uh, based on what we look uh, for, find online, it looks like Rick Case probably is. I believe that, but not by much. When you consider all seven key dealerships in the Fuchillo automotive family, Fuchillo definitely wins out in terms of volume. And he's huge. He's just uh, all over New York, 31 total stores in New York and four in Florida. Uh, Billy, they call him Billy. Billy Fuchillo is famous for his commercials, and his memorable catchphrase is going to be huge. 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 There's variations on how yeah. he says it. And that's his stick. That's his uh, thing that he does in New York. That's the reason I asked uh, John from Palm City if he'd heard of him. Sounds like he's famous or infamous. Okay, uh, we're going we're gonna to play a little bleep here, a little blurb of a commercial. And uh, listen to this. You're going to enjoy it very, very much. Oh, my Lord. I never thought there were so many Hyundais here in heaven. They're building new roads to accommodate all these new Hyundais that get over 30 miles a gallon, that have 10-year warranties. It's very similar to Ridge Road in Greece. They're enlarging that road to accommodate all the Hyundais that are going to be sold because you know they get over 30 miles a gallon. It's the best buy in the market. It's huge, Rochester. Huge. <laughs> Sorry. Now I, you know, I, I, I probably shouldn't digress here, but I always marvel 
at the success these commercials have. And uh, Nancy and I watch Prime Auto commercials. They are absolutely nutty with a clown. And they're done well. They're entertaining. That was very entertaining. Yeah. I love that commercial. And it's something about a commercial that you love to watch, even if it's a big lie. They are extremely effective. Yeah. Folks, this Kia dealer is very close to the world's largest Kia dealer, Pachillo Kia. Hyundai, he's, this is a Hyundai commercial. He's got 35 dealerships, and this is his style, and he sells hundreds and hundreds of thousands of cars successfully. And the claims are outrageous, but they're entertaining and they're funny. So there's some psychologists out there in the audience. I love to hear from a psychologist, what is it? Why does this work? Why does this work? <laughs> right. I mean, I want to try it myself. Full well, I, I watched a lot of videos last night getting yeah. this together, and there is, uh, it never ends. Go ahead. Continue, please. Yeah. Okay, on with the mystery shop. I'm going to remind our listeners that you can vote on our mystery shopping report by going to 772-497-6530. Send us a text. Tell us what you think. Everything about Pachillo's dealerships are over the top, and Billy Pachillo promises a lot to get customers in the door. Free cruises, uh, free cars, trips around the world, even a free house. Yeah. <laughs> Free <laughs> house with every Hyundai. There was one commercial. He stands in front of a house. He goes, this house can be your." I'm like, okay, I've never seen that before. His online reputation isn't nearly as spectacular as his marketing. And it's really him. The, the guy is a marketing genius. He has just a 3.6 star review on Google for his Cape Coral locations. If we had time, but we don't. His I Facebook was, reviews are even worse. I was thinking about reading the three-star reviews, you know, the zeros and the fives. Read the three. It'd be interesting. We might do that later. I mean, not on this show, but on another show. In any case, the hype is just too huge to ignore. So we sent Agent X all the way to Southwest Florida, and we had to pay Agent X extra for that. A little extra, I might add, to play the role of a customer and see what happened. Cape Coral, Florida, 280 miles away from where we are. Here's the report. Speaking in the first person. It took me just over three hours to get to Cape Coral. When I arrived, I was impressed with how huge <laughs> Chilo Kia's lot was. The showroom itself was that big, but the property wasn't that big, but the property was expensive. They even had food trucks in the parking lot. As I, as I looked for a parking spot, I noticed a tent that served as a sun cover for a large group of salespeople, the Wolfpack. I could see they noticed me too. I parked as far away from the tent as I could. I wanted to collect my thoughts and get my game plan together before I was greeted by one of them. One of them must have sprinted after me because as soon as I put my car in park, a man was smiling at me through my window. Before I could open my door, he was already tugging at the handle, nearly dragging me out of the car in the process. At this point, I already knew what I'd got myself into. The man didn't introduce himself, shake my hand, or even ask my name. First he asked if I was trading in my car, and then he asked what I wanted to buy. Before I could answer, he slammed my door shut loudly, startling me. He was way too close for comfort, totally invading my personal space. I felt agitated, and I said I needed to get away, uh, get something out of the back seat, and I, I backed away from him. I mean... Agent X is a tough character. Yeah. Let me tell you, he's seen some of the toughest dealers. And for Agent X to be intimidated, this is rough, rough stuff. 
I retrieved my note. I'm Agent X. I'm speaking like I'm Agent X. I retrieved my notepad from the back of the car, thumbed through it for a second, regaining my composure, then told the man I was interested in a new Kia Optima. I also informed him I was not trading in my car. The man told me to follow him. He said we needed to get a golf cart. I complied, uh, not being able to stand it any longer, asking him what his name was. He said it was Oscar. And he mentioned that, not even introducing yourself. And he was apparently not interested in learning mine. Didn't care what my name was. That's rough. That's old school, real. That's very good. Uh, we haven't seen this rough before. Oscar led me to the showroom. It seemed small, considering the size of the lot. Inside, it resembled an internet cafe. Small tables instead of desks scattered around. There were a lot of signs uh, promising free cruises with every new Kia purchased. Oscar picked up a key, led me out to the golf cart. We drove around the lot, found the Optimus, and then stopped when I pointed to a gray one that interested me. Uh, we climbed out of the cart. Oscar asked me if I wanted to drive it. I said I did and he replied he'd have to head back to the showroom to get the keys and a plate, license plate. Oscar asked for my driver's license, took it from me, and drove off in the car, leaving me with the Kia Optima. The MSRP was $26,285, but there was an addendum stuck right next to the Monroney label, the MSRP, for an additional $3,000, $2,995 next to equipment, if you can call this equipment. How about final delivery detail? Uh, we had a text earlier. The manufacturers are required, the manufacturers require the dealers to prepare the car for delivery, and they get reimbursed for yep. this. So final delivery detail, he's already been paid for. Now he's going to charge you part of that $3,000 extra to do something that he already got paid for doing. Full tank of gas. <laughs> manufacturer. That's a lot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> manufacturer requires, and he reimburses you for yep. the gas. So he's charging you twice. He's double-dipping double dipping you on the fuel and on the delivery detail. And then he's got something, a 3M appearance package, which is really just a pinstripe, a, pin <laughs> a plastic pinstripe, which cost him 25 bucks, maybe. Yeah. Wheel locks, nitro-filled tire, nitrogen-filled tires. And this is a real doozy. Haven't seen this one before, a spare tire. Woohoo! He's charging you. For spare tire. <laughs> what an ingenious thing. A lot of the manufacturers are not putting spare tires in the car. So he's saying, and the reason they don't do is fuel economy and space. So he's going to put a big spare tire in there, and he's going to make it part of the $2,000 or 3000 Are you sure they're going to put a spare tire? And they in might there? not even put it in there. There's no spare. Continue. Later you'll see there's no spare in there. I mean, this is ludicrous. Hard, old school, really rough. The extra stuff included final, okay, I got that. Oscar returned, unlocked the car for me. I looked in the trunk. There was no spare tire. And <laughs> Stu said, will there ever be a spare tire? <laughs> Probably not. You maybe, don't. maybe they give it to him in F&I. Yeah, people don't read this. They don't see it. Yeah, they, you get them stacked up in the office. Here's uh, your paperwork. Box. Here, pick yeah. up a tire on your way back out to the car. We drove the car, returned to the showroom, and sat down at one of the cafe tables. Oscar told me to wait, and he left. Let me look and check my way up. Very good. He returned shortly with some paperwork, including a credit application, which he slid over to me on the table. I asked if he could tell me the price, and he replied abruptly that he needed me to complete the credit application yep. in order for him to give me that information. Now, that's really, that's old school, but it's not too old school because you'll find that almost everywhere. Most car dealers 
They don't want to give you the price, hmm. and they want to get the credit application. I told them that was absurd, and then Oscar the salesman, he laughed. <laughs> I mean, that's that's hard. He, and he <laughs> yeah. okay I mean, there. I'm upset. <laughs> I'm upset. And I say, that's absurd that you're going to make me fill out a credit application. <laughs> Here you go, fill it out. <laughs> I mean, this is really, really amazing. I took, I, so I took the pen. I wrote my name in the space for my name. And I put the pen down. And I pointed to my name. And I said, since you haven't asked. And Oscar looked and said, oh, sorry. Uh, I should get my manager. He left and returned with Hugo. He wanted, when I get into a dealership this rough, I wonder, are these aliases, right? I'm going to be Bruno. I, you'll be Hugo. What we should do is <laughs> next time we should ask Agent S to see his driver's license. Right. Are you really Hugo? Well, I get the, well, the business card says. Yeah. You're going to treat me this way and give me your real name? I don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, Hugo was also abrupt. He began by saying, Oscar tells me you want to buy this Optima, but you won't let us run your credit. Very confrontational. I mean, that's pretty right. You you have the gall to tell me you want to buy this car without filling out a credit application. Right. I inform Hugo that I would let them run my credit score after I knew what I would be paying for the car. After all, I mean, if it's cheap enough, I might not. not I might be able to pay cash. Yeah. Including all the fees. Besides, I told him I had a freeze on my credit and would need my wife's okay to access as a great excuse without having to be confrontational because you can't freeze your credit. It's a smart thing to do, yeah. and it's a good excuse to give uh, the lying car salesman when he says he has to have you fill out a credit application. Hugo, Hugo told me that was not how they did it here. Hey, that's not how we do it here. Right? <laughs> I mean, that is arrogance, right? Hey, we don't do it that way here. I asked him, I mean... And and people fall for this. If someone said that to an intelligent consumer, he would do uh, 180 on his heel and walk right yeah. out. Just walk out. But a lot of people respond to an authoritative they do. Uh, statement they as, do. as Once fact. again, human psychology. Mm -hmm. We need a psychologist that will be a regular caller to this show. I have a lot of questions in human psychology. So I told him my score, my credit score, was 627. And now that he knew... He could tell me the price. Hugo laughed again <laughs> and asked my name. <laughs> I mean, uh, he told Oscar he liked me. I like this guy. <laughs> I mean, this is. I, I was imagining like a, a mafia scene. It is. Like, I like this guy. It is, yeah. <laughs> and we're not allowed to say mafia was my mob. Sorry. Uh, my mob thing. Organized crime guy. And, and said he'd be right back. He walked to the tower, still laughing. He was gone for Joe, Joe Pecci. That's a Joe Pesci. <laughs> I was expecting somebody bigger. He was gone for 15 minutes or so. I saw him talking. It was 15 minutes. I'm talking with the salesman and other managers as I made small talk with Oscar. He returned with a first pencil. That's a car vernacular for, you know, write up. Uh, the first trial, they put a price down, an okay, and, and then they cross out that, and they put another price down. A lot of you have played the game. He showed me a price of 25000 $397, but he arrived there, this is cute, by using a $2,500 manufacturer's rebate. There's a rebate that you're entitled yeah, to okay. anyway. And then, this is, this, <laughs> this is classic, and car dealers do this in their advertising, by the way. 
the manufacturer's rebate, $2,500, $2,000 cash down from me, my down payment. Right. So he's showing me the price after I give him $2,000. <laughs> he also added, now he's adding, he's been subtracting. My money is subtracting, and the manufacturer's money is subtracting, and now he's adding his money to build the price up, $795, and some other items. Uh, we haven't even talked about the addendum sticker. I asked him if the $2,000 down payment I'm giving him on, uh, was on a down payment on the loan. He said, yeah. Then I said, so the price is $2,000 higher? And then he said, no. <laughs> Uh, have you ever talked to somebody mm -hmm. that was like that? I do. And I just stopped talking to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, you say something that is just a black and white, simple question, and they give you an exact opposite, logical or stupid. It's either illogical right. it or stupid. Sense. But to me, I just stopped talking to them. And again, I do the 180 yeah. and walk out. But we pay, we pay Agent X not to stop talking. Exactly. <laughs> So that and a lot of people your don't theory stop just does not right. apply. A lot of people <laughs> don't stop talking. I asked him two thousand dollars. Okay, I did that. Hugo directed me to the financing terms he came up with, twelve point seven five percent for seventy two months. Oh, that's a long time, Whew. and that's a lot of interest. Yeah. So, twelve point seven five percent on a new vehicle for seventy two months. He asked me to sign the worksheet accepting the terms. I said I'd like to talk to my wife and asked to hold the worksheet. Now this is, this is classic. Hugo said he couldn't do that. He wouldn't even let me hold the worksheet, much less keep the worksheet. I asked why, and he said I might leave with it. <laughs> Imagine a leaving with the price of the car. We can't let you out the door with the price that we quoted you. I asked him, uh, I asked him if that would be a problem. He said, the sheet stays with the dealership. <laughs> yep. Okay. I asked if I could at least get a closer look. Now, this, listen carefully. This, this is funny. He slid it closer, keeping his hands on top of it. I held up my iPhone to take a picture, and he snatched it away. <laughs> he says, you can't do that. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Wow. I'm telling you, tough. Rough tough. He gets real tough here. Yeah. He said the only way that form is leaving with me is in my new Kia Optima. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, uh, how, many, how much insult can a customer take? And this is the biggest Kia deal in the world. He sells more Kias than anybody. Huge. It's the commercials. <laughs> he is huge. It's the cruises. I replied angrily that I didn't feel like they wanted to sell me the car. Hugo replied that they do do want to sell me the car and point out that they were the number one Kia dealership in the nation. He also reminded me that I would get a free cruise at the end of the year if I did the deal. I told Hugo that I needed to review the deal, the whole breakdown including fees, with my wife. Hugo asked me if it was that important. Why didn't I bring your wife? Why don't you bring the old lady in? <laughs> Why didn't she hear? Now those were not my words. Bring the old lady in if, it, if she's got to make your decisions for you. <laughs> See, Hugo he, said you've done asked, this before, haven't you? Hugo, <laughs> <laughs> I reverted to my evil. Right, yeah. you, did, you did. You lived it. Hugo said that he asked the GM, but he knew who wears the pants in the family anyway. Right. You're going to tell her <laughs> what kind of man are you? Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, 
I asked him to give me a, a minute to call my wife. I was so shaken up. So I went outside and I called uh, Mission Control. He called me. He called us too. <laughs> He's like, what you Mission Control. Oh, I told him, I said, go back in there. I go, if you can get the bars there, I'm going to pay you another $200. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He goes, all right, let me go for it. I returned the table. <laughs> so Hugo, he had to give me the bars order. Hugo stood up and said, that's not going to happen. I stood up and said, I guess that's it. And I left. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. Two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah, this could go down. I don't know if it's the worst, but it's the toughest. Yeah. That's scary. And Hugo and Oscar. Was it Oscar? Hugo and Oscar. Yeah, rough guys. Really rough guys. And uh, we got to we got to do a uh, we got to rate this uh, show this uh, mystery shopping report. Uh, I hope we've had some call-ins. Yeah, uh, so. mainly on Facebook. It's uh, at, we're running out of time. It's Unanim a no-brainer. It's all Fs. Linda gave us a big fat F. I like those. Uh, and we were getting Fs early in the shop, by the way, before we even got to yeah, the conclusion. I mean, so. I mean, and yet he shouldn't be in jail. He was just so rude. Yeah. I can't say he did anything illegal. He probably did, but... He was so atrocious, outrageous. Yeah. Doug, Doug doesn't have a grade. He just gives us a wow. And I, yeah. I think Ollie gave us an yeah. F. <laughs> so with Chilo Kia of Cape Coral, the largest Kia dealer in the world, this is the way he sells cars. Okay, we got a minute left. A huge. Uh, huge. Huge. Hey, <laughs> I have one question. Okay. What is the definition of a cruise at this dealership? It's a canoe. <laughs> is that <laughs> something? A is that Okay, uh, I'm, yeah. I read the mystery shopping report, and I'm thinking maybe a little boat down the canal. Yeah. Oscar paddles you to <laughs> Trapper John's. So they get a, a huge F. <laughs> All the way around. Ladies and gentlemen. That's the show. Thank you so much for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. We had a great show, our first show of 2019. Stay tuned next week. We'll be right here to entertain you and inform you.